Last week we talked about what I just mentioned in our prayer. We talked about how uh, this is a, a season, if you will, for the church uh, by the Hebrew calendar. It's a season of declaring. It's a season of decree. It's a season for us as, a, as the family of God, as the legislature of God, as the authority of God here in this world, the ecclesia, to, to be in a season of declaring promises of God. Not just taking this season of fasting and going, oh God, can you please move over here? But to recognize that God makes over 750 promises in here that we can hold on to. And, and, and that we can actually not just hold on to, but we can declare in the spiritual realm and even for our own hearts and ears to hear that these promises are unfolding for us. They're happening for us. That God, you know, just, just today, this morning, we prayed for somebody here amongst us that needed to hear that God and Jesus makes all things new. He makes all things new. And that's a promise that we can all have hold on to. And so we recognize that. And today I want to go into a couple of little teachings that Jesus had about fasting that show us a direction of how we can pray even in a deeper way for what he's got for us as an assignment with him. Again, if we are his ecclesia, if we're his legislature, if we're his authority, then we've got a task here on this planet. We've got a task here in our, in our, in our families, in our parenting. In our husbandry or in our wifedom, being a husband or being a wife, it, we, have a, we have an assignment from God in, in, our, in our friendships that we live around. We have an assignment from God in, in what to be for our community. And so I want to take a look at how we can, in a stronger, deeper way, fulfill that by understanding the principle of fasting. So let's go ahead and look into a teaching in, in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus gave about fasting. It's in Matthew chapter 6. So go ahead and grab this Bible with me and, and look at, at Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 on page 580. And we're going to see a, uh, two very strong principles for us today that play into this role of fulfilling our assignment. And so the title of the sermon is Alignment for Our Assignment. We want fasting to align ourselves to the assignment that God gives. Uh, amen, church? Amen. I know January comes around the corner and we all have things that we want to change. We all have that, that you know, sort of that, uh, that New Year's resolution time. But nothing's going to change unless we surrender what we've got in the way to God and we let God live out greater and greater. So that's what the fasting is for. So now we look here in verse, in chapter 6, in verse 16. Uh, we can even move it up a bit. Um, to the verse, uh, just to take a breeze here, uh, where we are contextually. You, you notice that Jesus just got done teaching about the Lord's Prayer. And, and like we discovered last week, uh, we, we see that in the first part of the Lord's Prayer is a declaration of, of God's kingdom. Our Father in heaven, may you be kept holy. May your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's a decree. That's a promise being declared. That's happening. We are moving, we are aligning our hearts, we are declaring this, we're speaking it, so that our minds, our hearts are lined up with God. And then after that part of the prayer, then the next part of the Lord's Prayer is, is a petition or a supplication or, or asking. But it's asking in the context of declaration. It's not just begging Santa Claus for something underneath the tree. It's saying, I, I recognize you're sovereign over all things, and inside of that, Here's where I would like some things to move according to what you want. 
because I know you want us to have food and water. You give us this day our daily bread. Um, uh, where am I? Excuse me. Uh, give us today the food we need. Uh, forgive us of our sins. And, and we have forgiven those who sin against us. Again, help us to be forgiving. Help us. Those are things we know God wants. They're in his will. It's part of his promise. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So we see this part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus is teaching that we have this declaration and we have these supplications. And then he brings up the componentry of forgiveness and how huge that is to prayer, how huge that is to our relationship with God, and how if we don't have forgiveness of all people in our relationships, we have a blockage, we have a darkness, we have a place of God's flow that's clogged up. And so he states specifically, if you forgive those uh, who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to give others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So, so just side note, believe me, one of the things you want to do in this fasting, and it's a, it's a day on the devotion book of Pursue, one of the things you want to do in this, in this fasting season, you want to ask God to show you anybody in your heart that you're holding a grudge against. Or anybody that you may have hurt, that you know that you hurt, and, and you may have tried, but maybe it's a time to try again to reconcile. You said you're sorry, but maybe you know that they're holding on. And we know human beings, sometimes we're hard at letting go, hard to say forgiveness. So we want to ask God to show us that. It's really huge. It's really huge. But then he goes into this fasting issue. He says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled to people, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is their only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, now you notice the, the phrasing here, and it's, it's a key thing because it's the first principle. It says, when you fast. Repeat that. When you fast. The, if, if, you, if you know the English language and if you're keen on that, this is the present subjunctive active voice of the use of fast. That means it is current, it is continuous, there's no end to it, there's no stop to it, and it's an action that goes on and on. In short, God expects the discipline of fasting. Now, the church has not always been involved in that, in, in so to speak, in contemporary modern times. We, we've been involved for 13 years. I don't mean that to boast, because then we'd be breaking the rule of the other principle of humility. But I'm just sharing that with you to let you know that if you're looking for a guide in fasting, we've got a little experience with it, and we want to help you with that discipline because it's a very significant and very rewarding discipline. But it is expecting us to, to, to fast. And then you also see the componentry and the principle of being humble about it, not being boastful about it, not thinking, okay, I'm going to fast and I'm going to get some great stuff. If that's what you're thinking, well, then, you know, that's all you're going to get. If, if, if all your reason you're fasting for is just to look good and go, hey, Harold, I bought the book and I'm following what you did, well, then you'll get that. That's your blessing. And stop, you know, oops, not, not anything more. He's saying to really pursue, really surrender, whatever we surrender in the physical realm that we're attached to with our hearts, as we give that up, God can replace that in the spiritual realm. Now let's, now let's see another promise that God has about fasting in terms of what he gives us not just what he replaces us for. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 9 with me. 
In Matthew chapter 9, we see this next teaching about fasting. And this occurred as they were, uh, as Jesus was walking around with the disciples and they were doing some healings. It says, one day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Now, just so you know, the disciples of John the Baptist, they were called the Essenes. That, that means that they, they took this vow of asceticness. They, they took this vow of, of, of not washing their clothes, not, not combing their hair, not you know, shaving their beards. They ate locusts. They ate honey. They had this really Spartan life. And they took that vow so they could draw closer to God. And so they're asking, hey, how come your disciples aren't fasting? And here's this principle of fasting that we see. Look, look, look at this response by Jesus in verse 15. Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. Now new wine is stored in these new wineskins so that both are preserved. So here's a principle that I hope you see about fasting. Notice the keenness that Jesus puts on this emphasis of, hey, if the bride is around, do you mourn and grieve for them to be gone? And it's like, no, you don't. They're not gone. They're with you. You celebrate it. But when, and so he makes this declaration. Well, when I'm gone, then you're going to mourn and grieve and you're going to want me. You're going to pine for me. You're going to desire me. And that's when you're going to fast. So I hope you see this principle in here that shows us that when we fast, we're closer to the groom. Do you see that? That when we fast, it's our getting closer to Jesus, who isn't physically here. He's here in the Spirit. He's here in, our, in the Holy Spirit. But our fasting is our saying, I want the groom. I want Jesus. I want to read his word. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to have uh, dessert. I'm going to have sweets. I'm going to eat healthy food so my body and my mind are working and functioning properly. And, and so that I can, I, I can just draw into the groom. I can draw into Jesus. And, and so we see that principle of fasting. Do you see that? It, it, heads are nodding. I hope you do. Uh, it, it's, it's keen as to why we're doing this. Because then we also see, as we draw closer to him, as we draw into the groom, he makes us new. He renews us. Do we need fasting to do that? No. But he's saying here in this context very, very clearly that when you do fast, you do add a newness. You know, I, I started out by, by, by talking this morning about the New Year's resolutions. How many of us here would like to have some kind of change in our life? Maybe you made it a resolution. Maybe you didn't. But how many here would like a change in your life in 2020 in some fashion? Raise your hand. It's changing you personally, your character... Right? Amen. Most of us do. Right? And the ones that you don't, I don't know what's going on for you. <laughs> but maybe you should be preaching, I guess. I don't know. But nonetheless, we all, we all want a part that we want to change. And the way to change is to have Jesus change us. John the Baptist himself, which is ironic because of his followers, John the Baptist himself said this in John 3.30. 
He must increase and I must decrease. That's why we fast. It's it's physically decreasing. You lose weight, believe me. Yeah, I mean, but it's not just about the weight. It's about your own spirit, about your own mind. It's about your own thinking, thinking that, oh, I've got it all handled and things are good. And all of a sudden, as you fast, God starts showing you people that you need to have better relationships with. He starts putting people in your path where all of a sudden you're speaking truth and the gospel to them. And they're changing and transforming. And you're going, wow, Jesus, that was awesome what you did. I'm so much closer to you. Thank you for letting me do that. And we see those things. And so this, this principle of fasting, when, when you, when you kind of pull it all together, when you pull it all together, you can have the next, next uh, slide, please. Fasting draws us closer to Jesus, and it gives us a newness of spirit. And then uh, the next slide, please. After John said he must increase and decrease. The next one, please. As we fast, we become closer and more full of him. Adding prayer to it, we release his power to change things spiritually and physically. You know, on a principle of prayer, Jesus makes it very, very clear. They were trying to heal a demon-possessed boy, and they couldn't do it. And Jesus said, this one requires prayer. This one requires prayer. And so we see the principle of prayer changing things spiritually because it was demonic. We see the power of prayer changing things physically because he was paralyzed. He's now healed. So when we draw closer to Jesus and now we pray and we watch out for what spiritually changes, watch out for what physically changes, all that to say, all that to say, as we as a church, as individuals of followers of God and as a body of, of God, we have this assignment by Him to be the ecclesia, to be the called out ones, to transform this world, to change your families, to change your workplace, to change your school, to change the atmosphere of, 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 of this neighborhood, of this community, in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. And oftentimes we just kind of, we, we can get blindsided and just look at the physical, right? We can just look at the neighbors and the fact that they may not be going to church or they're doing some weird, weird wacky things or there's noise coming over from there at, at 11 o'clock at night that just seems odd. And we do nothing about it. But we have, a, we have an assignment to align with him, to be connected with him and change that atmosphere. And let the Holy Spirit do work amongst us. Amen? Okay, so we see that. So now, guess what? Hope Christian Church, our body, in this house, in over the last couple of months, have been listening to God about our assignment. Specifically, what we've been listening about is the lease that we have here at Grobrick Court. And I'll just say it just to be very, very specific. And I'll give you the details of it here in a moment. But God has spoken to us, and we are moving. We're moving from this building. Praise God. I know for some of you are in shock. It's okay. Some of you are in shock. It's okay. We know we're moving. Now, we don't know the exact date, nor do we know the exact location. 
I think that puts us in pretty good faithful company. And it also scares the bejeebies out of me. I'm just being human. And it's also been consuming me over the last couple of weeks to try to, in essence, keep up with him with pressing on all the doors that he's showing to us. So, so let me back up a sec- second. You know, the, the ark is moving. So let me just tell you quickly the story, if you will. Back in November, uh, we, we put in a notice to renew our lease, and the, uh, the landlord responded back uh, saying, uh, you're, you should be aware that you're below, your rent currently is a sweetheart deal, and it's way below market rate, and I'll be raising it up to a market rate. We knew that contractually. We knew that time was going to happen at some point. And so he said, the landlord said in, in November, I'll do a survey, see where we're at, and I'll get back to you probably around the holidays. So right after, on January 6th, exactly 30 days before our signature date of February 6th, uh, the landlord contacted us back and said he was raising the rent 67%. Yeah, you guys got 67% on you? <laughs> 67%. Now, I want to be fair to him. I want to be fair to him. That's Honestly, it's a high end of market rate, but it's market rate. It's not extortion. I, I just want to be fair to him. We had a sweetheart of a deal. Do you think that's a good statement, Frank? By all means, uh, I will also say this. Our landlord has never, ever stopped to miss the opportunity to exercise the absence of grace. Also. He, 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 is a fair, he is a fair man. He does exactly what, it, what he can do, but he's never missed the opportunity to, to not give grace. If there's a chance not to give grace... He doesn't. <laughs> so I said it just a little awkward just to be fun. So anyway, the, I know some of you are going, what the heck did you say? The guy's shrewd. The guy's shrewd. So January, he tells us 67%. So we start looking. We start praying. We start, and when I say we, let me, let me, let me name people. So we had Doug and Connie Knifton. We had Frank Ducharme. We had uh, Colleen Bradison. We had, of course, Bob uh, Lee and, and Chef uh, Fields, our elders. We had David Taha. We had uh, Juanita and the prayer team. Uh, we told you, and if you said I didn't know about it, then you need to take note right now and grab that little white card that's here and give us your email address. If you did not know about this, it's because you didn't get an email. If you didn't get an email, it's because we don't have your email address. So please let us know your email address. It's important going forward here uh, because we want to keep communicating to you what's happening because we need to keep praying and keep fasting about this. So nonetheless, so the the landlord, um, uh, he raises the rent. We pray about things. And just this week, as and we were looking at different places, we called the commercial broker. He's looking at different options for us that are out there in the community. He finds a good option for us that we think might work. This week we were, um, oh, and then so in January 6th, uh, he raised the rent. January uh, 12th, the second week of January, yes, January 12th, I went to worship at Liberty Christian Church and the associate pastor there walked up to me and said, after worship, God told me I'm supposed to give you some things. And I don't know what that means, but I'm supposed to give you this spare screen that we have. 
Can you use that? Well, we can't here, but we can use it somewhere else. So I looked at him and not knowing all these things are unfolding and said, yeah, we'll take it. I don't know where we're going to use it yet, but I have a feeling you're hearing from God. So I just left that alone. Um, so then fast forward then to this week when we're looking at different options, we're trying to negotiate with the, with the landlord. It's clear the landlord is not going to budge in, in lowering his rate whatsoever. He has another opportunity to rent it where he can make that money. And so it's clear to us that we're, we're not, if we're going to spend that kind of money, there's probably a better place for us. And so we walked away from a meeting on Tuesday morning this week and said, it's pretty clear to us that God wants us to move. It wasn't a thus saith the Lord, but it was a peace, right? We say, we say a prayer, we go amen on the meeting, and the next text that comes into us is Cheryl Taha, who said, I just got a word from God that says the ark is moving. I repeat these things because they're significant. Uh, we, you know, we want him to lead. We, we have some great people thinking about this, but we want his greater thinking about this. Amen? So so she, she gives us that word, the ark is moving. Thursday, I go to a prayer meeting at Liberty. I, I felt called. That I know that they've been praying and fasting this month, and on Thursday at noon, they have a prayer meeting. I decide I'm just going to show up. And so I show up, and Pastor Richard knows of what's going on for us. That what he knew was that our rate was our rent was being raised, and we didn't know what we were going to do. So we're praying for marriages and different things in the community. And then he's, he invites the, that group of people, about 30 people, to pray over me and pray over our church. And all he said to them was, "They raised their rent 67 percent. They don't know what they're going to do." After that prayer, three people came up to me and said, "God is telling me you are moving." They were saying, God has spoke, God told me you're actually going to physically move. They didn't know all the details. They didn't know about the Tuesday meeting. They didn't know what we had. But they were saying that they were hearing from God was that we're going to move. Okay, great. Again, uh, for us and, and our process that we've been through, if you're not familiar, when we moved in here, we take it all into account, right? We, we, you know, we, we take it all and we try to listen and we try to listen to it ourselves. So I'm sharing with you what God's been speaking so far, Okay. So then we take that all into account, and so we go, okay, with clarity, we know that God is moving. We have peace about that, and so we let the landlord know we're going to be moving out. Can we get some extra time? Can you know, we get six months even? And he goes, no, I will only give you until the end of March if you want that. Now, here's the thing. If we stay to the end of March, it costs more money. It's going to cost us more money, uh, significantly more money, like $1,500 more a month to be able to do that. So we're weighing that out. Do we want to leave earlier and save money, or do we want to leave until March? That's the thing we are praying about. We're going to need your prayers about that. Uh, and so then the other aspect of this whole thing of God moving is a spot that we do see in town that has a chance, if you will, or maybe that's the wrong word, that, that we see has something on it. it there, there's, there's a good opportunity. If we have that... That slide is 320 Campus Lane. It's an office in the office park by Solano Community College. I'm asking you to write this address down and go there and pray over it. Go visit, listen to God, tell us what he tells you, and just pray over it. Pray for what's happening. Now, that being said, I got a real, we have a real quick testimony about this particular site that comes from Crystal. Okay. Good morning, everybody. 
Um, God's been speaking to me in dreams and visions and different things over the course of my relationship with him. And so this is not uncommon for me. Um, I received a dream about a building that looked very similar to this one um, about five and a half years ago. In the midst of that time, um, we were looking at purchasing this building because our previous landlord, who loved us, gave us an opportunity. But we'd only been here for a couple of years, and we weren't sure it was our permanent Was she location. saying this building, Grobrick Court? Grobrick Court, this Grobrick Court building. In the midst of that, um, God had given me a dream. I'm going to let go of my notes. Oh, there is one thing I wanted in here. Hope can be defined as a confident and joyful expectation of what is to come. So remember, we are confident and joyful and expecting. So um, we stand in this and referring back to this dream that God had given me. He gave me a dream about this place before we came in here that was very obvious as we walked in that this was where God wanted us to be at that time. But in this moment of decision-making as leaders, we stood together and we called upon God and we asked for these things to be delivered to us. And um, he gave me a very clear dream of another building. It was very different than this one. And um, he showed me some things along the way that um, play into our story of where we are here right now. Um, this was five and a half years ago, so you have to remember it was quite some time ago. In the dream, as I was going toward the location that God had for us, he passed by a very plain-looking square building where there was a lot of homeless people around the building that were just around and all over the place. And I didn't recognize that at the time because at the time we were only serving Mission Solano one night a month. In the midst of that, I didn't even recognize that building as being here. But that building was this building. Because after that time, we went into the Solano Dream Center and ministering to them. And we became a refuge for people who are homeless. So as we passed through that area and through this difficult time of learning how to manage and live with the homeless around us, God showed me this new building. And uh, inside this building, there was a location at the corner that had um, beds in it. There were four permanent beds. And um, so I came to the leadership meeting all excited that we were going to have this new place in the future, that God was going to allow us to minister to the homeless with a place of permanence, and that he had more growth for us to come. But this building wasn't the building because it wasn't the one that God showed me. Um, in the midst of all that time, it wasn't affordable for us to purchase the building. We had to relinquish and let go. And we prayed for our new landlord to come, which is the one we have today. And uh, after that happened, we found those four beds in our Damascus House program. Every Damascus House that we have has four beds in it. They're permanent beds for the homeless to transition into a place where they can be safe and they can learn to love God. Give God so, praise for that. Give amen. So here we are today and where we're at today. And we've been walking through this process of learning where God wants us to go. I knew all along that we were going to be moving in my heart from way back five years ago. But I asked God, I'm like, how could we ever leave this building? Would we ever walk away from it? And I just couldn't see it happening. But God has a way of making it happen when we don't want it to happen. 
Sometimes we have to let go of something really good to get what God has for us on the other side that's greater. And this is where he's leading us. Share with us, share with us uh, what you've uh, received about 320 Campus Lane. Right, 320 Campus Lane. He showed me the designs. I saw it was similar to the dream. I got excited. I went out to the campus, and I went to the wrong building. (laughs) They look very similar out there. I went to the wrong building. I walked around. I'm like, okay, well, these look like they could be possible buildings. He said, no, you have the wrong building. So I went to the one that is up here in the slides today. And God recalled something to me that was in the dream that I did not remember at all. In the dream, as I was coming toward the new building, I didn't go in the front entrance. I went in the back entrance. And as I walked around the left side of the building, there was this garden with flowers in it. It's the picture on the left. It was beautiful. The vertical picture. It was there. And then I moved right into this gigantic parking lot with a play structure in it. And so I go to this building, and I look at this building, and I'm like, oh, there's a garden. And I told Dennis, I said, you didn't tell me about the garden. So I walk up to where I see the front door would be, and I go around the left side, and there's this stucco wall, like 10 feet tall at the back, walk through the garden, and I'm kind of intrigued. I'm like, well, where is it going? And you go around this little wall, and it opens up to this gigantic parking lot on the back side of the building, right where we could put our little bounce house. So to me, God was speaking to me in that moment. The Holy Spirit fell on me like he did when we moved into this building. And we walked in as leaders, and he had me on my knees. Because he has a place for us that is greater than here, where our ministry can be full. This location is in the midst of commercial residential. There are homes within a block of this place. And uh, I just ask that you would continue to pray for us and pray for this church as we move forward, because this is not going to be an easy task, but I feel it's what God's called us to do. Awesome. Okay. Praise God. So here's the thing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I I want you to, again, I want to reinforce this. Uh, We, as leadership, as myself and the elders and and people who have been speaking to this, these are multiple voices. None of these in in themselves are what we use as saying, thus saith the Lord, we're going to 320 Campus Lane. For one, it's more expensive. Second of all, it's not a done deal yet. We're still in due diligence, uh, in, in essence. For those that are aware of the process, uh, we are uh, we just oh, we are. This is important though. Uh, just called an architect friend. For those of you who might remember Tom Buffard. Uh, Tom Buffard. I called him up. I hadn't talked to him in years. He left the area. He had gone through a really, really dark time in his life, and we were a church that loved him. And I didn't. I, so he was just on my heart as being, if there's any architect I want to work with, I want to work with Tom. Uh, turns out he still has clients up here in Fairfield. Bottom line, he's giving the work that we need pro bono, which is around an $8,000 to $10,000 value. Be, be, because of how we loved. You need, you need to hear that from him. It's because of how we loved. We love like Jesus, and he knows that it's a part of it. He goes, there's no way I can not help Jesus do what he's doing through you. So that's a blessing. That's a huge blessing. So um, so here's the thing. We don't know if that's the spot or not, um, so we, need, we want prayer over that. And by the way, there's handouts in the back that explain all this, but I didn't want to put them in front of you because you wouldn't listen. So, um, so the next thing that we don't know is when. Again, as I said to you, 
Um, we could leave at the end of February, as our contract states currently, or we could pay extra money and stay for another month of March. Here's the challenge that we're praying and asking for discernment about March. That's two weeks before Resurrection Sunday. That's just two weeks before Resurrection Sunday. That's, that's, a, that's kind of a, a, a social rhythm deal for a church. So if we were to, and if we're at where we would go, is it's pretty clear 320 Campus Lane, if God moved, it probably would not be available on, by um, April 1st. It could be. God can do all things. We're not putting it outside the realm of possibility. But as we talk to a plurality of counsel, commercial brokers, contractors, architects, uh, don't make plans for at least uh, up to May, if not past May, just in case. And I come from a construction field of ex, uh, business before I was in uh, ministry, and I, I also know that it's absolutely true. Whatever they tell you how long it's going to be, add 25%, no matter how much they're going to cost, add 20%, because um, that's just the way construction is. You get in there, and if and, and there's a plumbing issue with our tenant improvement work, anybody who's done any plumbing work at home know quite well that it's more trips than you thought to Home Depot when you got started. So anyway, that, that's that, so we're trying to be wise. So we know we're probably going to need some place temporary. The places we see as options are back to Rod, back to Rodriguez High School, perhaps. Rod, Rod, it's here, Rod, Rod, Rod. Rod, Rod. So uh, anyway, Rodriguez High School, we met in the multi-purpose room for 10 years there before God gave us this place. Uh, as we've been praying, he showed us, maybe we just go back there, hold up there for a few months. If we do, do we want to start right away at the end of fe- uh, February? Might as well get used to it, um, get ramped up uh, for Easter, let everybody kind of get into that rhythm. Or do we, or do we, yeah, honestly, or do we not do it? Because for those of you who don't know what it's like to do portable church, it's exhausting. It's physically exhausting. It will take, it will tax us. Now, there's equal amount of effort that takes place to have your own building. But the good news about having your own building is you can come when you want to. When you do nomadic, when you when you do a nomadic church, when you're a homeless church. Everyone's got to wake up at 6.30 to get there at 8 to start moving stuff. You're moving a house every week. You're moving a house every week. You're unloading it, and you're loading it back up. Now, God will provide for all that, and honestly, it's temporary, so we're not going to carry as much junk as we did last time around, believe you me. I, I, am not, I am not installing, I'm not carrying around a, a nursery rug that weighed 250 pounds and took two people to hold her up. Because we're not going to be there that long. We ain't, ain't going to be there that long. Each, each, every, every children's classroom, you get one tote, man. That's it. Figure it out. We are not, we are not putting, we are not putting closets on top of canisters like we did before that weigh 175 pounds and pushing them 500 feet. Okay? Got that? Alright, so anyways, we are praying about, we are, we're, so we, we need your prayers, we need your prayers about where we would go temporarily, we need your prayers about when we would go temporarily, and about also where we would land eventually for something long term. Again, it's all in this flyer. But here, here's, the, here's the prayer request. I want to make this really specific. Make this really specific. If we have the next slide, please. Back to the fasting. 
being tight with God. Um, I, I get to go up to uh, the Lord's land on Tuesday and do my yearly three days, four days, just me and God. The, I, I can't tell you how great the timing of that is just because there is so much to do. If I stuck around, I'd do it. And I'd rather not do anything without him really being clear and, and, and being concise and, and as best as possible as to what he has, seeking first his kingdom. So we want all of us to be praying very, very specifically for that wisdom, the guidance, the vision. I invite you to go to 320 Campus Lane. It's right. You can Google it. You can go there now. I, Polly, I see your hand. Just go ahead and put it down. Um, pray over City Hall because we have to go through the permit process and all of that. And it, the we have some we have laws behind us, but the devil doesn't want churches in. The devil doesn't want churches. And there are there is. I'll just speak specifically. The guy who's in charge of city planning has said privately to other pastors his opinion not the policy of the, of the city his opinion is quote we have enough bread and fishes locations in this town already the last pastor i heard him said that asked if he could turn on his recorder to say that because that would just be lawsuit crazy that has been spoken, just to give you encouragement, that had been spoken to Liberty Church as well when they try to use the old Walmart and look where they are. They're there. So it, 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 the precedent's there. So, But we need prayer over the city hall. Pray over Rodriguez. It's a good thing to pray for that school anyway. Um, pray over Rodriguez uh, is the, where the God wants us there. We had great blessing there for 10 years. You saw a picture moments ago. That was my daughter, Audrey. Who, who, sorry. Whoa. She got baptized there. Praise God. Yeah. You were that small, Audrey. She's just hating me right now. And and she's, I'm sure, very excited. She's going on a plane back to Hope International University tomorrow. But um, it, it's, dear to, it's dear to a lot of us. So, But going back to the slide, pray over the neighborhood. That, that's why we're here. We're here for this neighborhood, for this town. Uh, and pray for him to lead us to a temporary option. Can, can we do that? Are you okay with that, church? Can you do that? We'll, we'll gather back up, and then I, I would ask that you let us know what you're hearing from God, even questions that you might have. I'm sorry it's late. I, I need to not have a Q&A at this time, but afterwards um, feel free to talk to myself or talk to Frank. Um, you got me for like five minutes, and then I'm going to go talk to new visitors, and we'll probably want to know what's going on. But I'm going to we're going to we're going to keep doing the ministry of the gospel of Christ as He leads us through this process. We got time. We've got the most awesome God. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be an incredible journey. Um, so just thank you all for listening. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your dedication to to Jesus. And, and uh, let's all just praise Him for what He's got in terms of He's moving us. Amen. 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 Um, if, what's that, Doug? Yeah, we're going to do an offering, uh, which I, I want to mention again. I want to say two things. One, I'm sorry we ran out of time, but Todd uh, uh, Todd Neal has an awesome testimony that he can give at some time. i got to close off. <laughs> Hopefully next week. Todd's got an awesome testimony about following God in faith. 
and, and we want to hear from that. We're going to have an offering. Know this, if I wasn't clear, even if we go to 320 Campus Lane, it will be a financial leap of faith. It will be more money than what we're taking in now. That is not new to us. We encountered that when we moved to Growbrick, when we moved in here. God will provide the increase. But the way he provides it is through you. Some of you will be hearing from God in this fasting time that you need to tithe. You haven't been tithing. Some of you will hear from God that he's got a promotion for you or a new job so that when you, whatever you do tithe is going to be an increase. God will move through you and you, giving you favor in the workplace, being a better employee, getting, getting raises. God will move. If, if the, the, the 320 Campus Lane, honestly, if it's his and for us, you're going to love it. It's brand new. It, I mean, it looks brand new compared to this place. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's safe. You go there and you can read a book in, in the parking lot at night. And so it, it, it's going to be better for families. It's gonna, and, and it has room for us to expand. So he's going to provide us with, with an increase if that's what he has for us. So let's all say a prayer of blessing over the offering. Bless you, church. You are a radically generous church. Um, I've got a slide here of what you've done in Liberia last year. We have giving statements for you in the back as well for whatever you gave for 2019. Keep being radical in your generosity because he keeps pouring through. And opportunities like this to make a bigger impact in the world come because of your hearts being willing to follow him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for all you give us. Thank you for this opportunity to be moving with you. We give you praise and we give you thanks for the blessings that you've had on this house. It is your house. Thank you for the word that you gave to us, Lord, that as long as we keep taking care of the house that you gave us in Liberia, you're going to take care of us. And this is your place, Lord, and you're wanting to move. You're done. We get it. We're going to follow you. Show us where it is. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for sticking around.